Welcome to the Stone Conversation podcast, covering everything to do with buying, selling and investing in real estate. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just wanting to start out, Stone Conversations will bring you content to inspire and inform you on your journey. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Peter Mumford. Our role as real estate agents is to help you sell your property and achieve your desired outcome. We are very lucky to have a highly skilled network of officers reaching up the eastern seaboard from Victoria to Queensland and all over Sydney. This allows us to see a broad snapshot of the market at any one time, as well as attracting many buyers to your property. What I love about property is that there are so many areas for an investment point of view to focus on, whether it's commercial, residential, industrial, etc. Also within these segments, there are so many areas to research, discover what you're looking for in your investment journey. Now, as agents, we will be able to assist you showing you many properties that we have available at any one time that may make sense for you to purchase. That said, if you're a very busy person, you may need some help. One way is to have someone like our guest today assist you on your investment journey. Today, we have the pleasure of talking again with Mr. Michael Yardney. Michael Yardney, you may have known or listened to him before on our podcasts or read one of his books. He has been in the industry close to 40 years. Michael's business, Metropole, was founded or started back in 1979. And he's been working with the general public for over 20 years. And he's helped thousands of clients with strategic advice on property investment. This puts Michael in a respected position to guide investors on their journey to wealth creation. Well, welcome to the show again, Michael. It's great to have you here. My pleasure, Peter. Now, Michael, property, it's on everyone's mind at the moment. And if it isn't, I don't know where they're living. They must be under a rock. But <laughs> you've seen quite a few cycles over many years of investing. And we're certainly seeing some wonderful gains across the country. What's your take on the market? And maybe compared to other cycles uh, that you've witnessed in the past, how do you see this one? This is very unusual, Peter, because of how fast it has started and how it's affected almost all markets in Australia, first home buyers, established home buyers, regional property, uh, capital city property. And so all areas are surging other than the new and off-the-plan apartment segment and high-rise towers, which are suffering particularly in Melbourne and Sydney. So, Peter, normally the market starts slowly and frequently at the top end of the cycle where people are a bit more affluent and got more money. But this has been instigated partly by first-home buyers because of grants, government incentives, state government and the federal government incentives, established home buyers wanting to change. It's a cycle of upgrade, Peter. What's happening is tenants are upgrading to better accommodation. They see there's a lot of options. Other tenants are upgrading to move into first-home buyers because the government's giving incentives. A lot of established home buyers are thinking, hey, market's moving and I'm actually sick of this. I need a Zoom room. I need more land. I need more space. So they're upgrading. If we think back a year ago, 12 months ago, Michael, it was all doom and gloom. And then around July, things certainly started taking off again. It's certainly been a roller coaster over that 12 months, hasn't it? Well, just look at the economic forecast. So just recently, ANZ Bank came out and said, the Australian property markets are going to rise rise by 17% overall this year. In other words, some areas are going to do better, some are going to do worse. This time last year, they actually said, the opposite, the same figure with a minus in front of it. So boy, has there been a change. 
Yeah, I know. You wouldn't have predicted it, would you? And if we all, um, if we'd all bought property probably back in March and April, we'd all be going clapping our hands now. Um, Michael, question then for people as they're thinking: if if you're looking to buy a property at the moment, how would you guide people to make sense of whether to jump in now or wait it out? And of course, a lot of it has to do with your current circumstances. But put that aside. What would you guide them on? Well, it depends if you're a home buyer or an investor. So the difficulty is for first-home buyers because they cannot save as much as the property market is moving up. So for them, they've really got to get in. And sometimes they've just got to change their expectations. A lot of first-home buyers are wanting to end up in the sort of property that their parents took 30, 40 years to get. No, it doesn't work that way. But for most home buyers, buyers are sellers and sellers are buyers who have got a trade-in to bring into the market. So even if the market does rise, they are still going to have extra value in their own property. So it's not such a rush. So therefore, the decision, Peter, is do I actually sell first or buy first? Because if you sell, you may not find the right property. And if you buy first... Uh, then uh, you're going to have to quickly sell, but that's not as difficult a situation at the moment. So this is a time to get good advice from an estate agent in the area in which you're looking to buy to understand what you've got to do first. And yeah. you've basically got to be uh, dictated by what your budget and your financial circumstances are. Be. And you've certainly got to have all your ducks in a row ready to go because I've been. it's interesting watching the speed of transactions that have been happening. And only recently I think we saw a couple of properties that were around in our Northern Beaches area, around over the 8 million price range, literally listed and sold in a week. And it just seems it's super hot. That, that's a really good point. You've got to have your finance in a row, uh, ready. You've got to have a pre-approval. You've got to know in which name you're going to buy it, your name, you and your spouse's name, or if it's an investment, if it's going to be a company or a trust name. And you've really got to have done your homework properly and understand what's happening on the ground two or three months ago and I think you've also got to accept the fact that you're a no-bar. There aren't any buggers. It's a very informed market and if something's sold in a particular street and the neighbour then puts their house up on the market, you're not going to be prepared to sell for less than what went a couple of weeks ago. It's not going to be a bargain. More important is owning the right assets than buying it cheaply. Because when you look back in five or ten years' time, if it's a house you're proud to come home to that you get pleasure living in, it's going to be okay. And if it's an investment that's going to have gone up in value, if you've bought the right property in the right location. So that takes me to another question for you, Michael. What steps would you take in selecting the right investment property? Well, there's three things to play with, Peter. One is your budget, and that's determined by the bank. The other is location, and I wouldn't compromise on that. And then the third thing is the property in that location. So at the moment, the banks are friendly. The banks do want to give more business, but they're charging investors a little bit more in interest rates than they are uh, for the home buyers. But don't worry about that. In my mind today, when you can borrow with something with a two in front of it and the low twos in interest rates, debt is an asset. Let me say differently, good debt is an asset because what you're basically doing is borrowing a 2% for properties that are probably going to go up 10% this year or more, plus getting a rental return. So therefore, as long as you can manage the debt and you don't spend your last cents, you have some cash flow buffers, the first thing an investor should do is work out what their budget is. Then also get some advice on 
which name to own the property in. Because you can tell your own home where you write in your own name. Some people may get benefits or asset protection or estate planning benefits from getting advice from their accountant as to maybe only in a trust or uh, a company structure. And then have everything set up, as you said a moment ago, so that when you eventually choose a property, that you're in the position to move quickly. But your budget will determine where you can invest. So currently a lot of home buyers, sorry, a lot of investors, are priced out of Melbourne and Sydney. If you've got $700,000 in Sydney, I jokingly say you can buy a double garage. But in Brisbane, you can buy a house on a reasonable sized block of land within 10 kilometres of the Brisbane CBD. I'm not sure that we can say for sure that Sydney is going to do better than Brisbane or Brisbane is going to do better than Melbourne. That's a bad comparison. There's 5 million people in Brisbane and Sydney. 5 million people in Melbourne, uh, a few less in Brisbane. So you don't compare the whole market. You find top performing locations. And that has to do with the demographics in the area. So the choosing investment property is a study of the location and the demographics there. People with higher incomes, people who are prepared to pay more because they've got higher incomes and improved areas. You'll often find they're gentrifying areas, Peter. So there's a lot of research. Maybe to summarise that long-winded discussion, what I would say is property investment is a journey, it's a process, it's not an event. So don't start with a property and then work backwards. No, I think it's important. A lot of people think that they all should know everything about property, but we're not born with these talents and a lot of people don't put the research into it or, with respect, have the time, even even myself, and we've talked about this, Michael, I'm busy building a, a real estate business, but... Do I have the time every day to look at all different areas across the country to go, what is the best area to invest in? So sometimes it's great whether it's your financial advisor, your accounts, but people must understand the property or wonderful people like yourself that guide people on that journey. And I think for people that are short of time, that's an essential service that people should be using. Now, not running out into market thinking they should be able to buy a property because, look, it's a bit like saying we can all have children. That's true, <laughs> but we all raise children. <coughs> we all raise children differently, and but we we get guidance. You know whether that's getting coaches for our kids at school. But I think when we buy property, so many of us forget to take any advice or get any guidance. So next question, um, let's talk areas. If you are looking for an investment at the moment, is there areas that I mean, most a lot of areas are going well at the moment. But is there areas that excite you particularly, or that you're sort of starting to look around at? I'll answer that in a moment, but to answer your other question or comment a moment ago about needing guidance, it's such a big decision when we all feel that we know something about property because we live in one or rent one. So there are 25 million property experts in Australia, yes. but you've got to be careful who you're speaking to. So I like, we, we work with estate agents and I'm a licensed estate agent, but I don't sell property. So going to an estate agent, they're going to sell you a good estate agent and get you the best price for your home, but they're not investment advisors. And mortgage brokers are good at getting you a loan and working through the maze of finance, but they're not property advisors. As your accountants will save you tax and uh, do your tax return. So if you're wanting advice, get advice from an independent person and somebody who isn't just biased to one particular market. So that's going to lead into your question of where would you invest? Because there are, at the moment, about 300,000 properties for sale on the market in Australia, but in my mind, less than 4% of them are what I call investment grade. 
And so if you only go and ask a bias agent in Sydney, he's only telling you about Sydney because that's all he knows. Just like those who were in Perth for the last 10 years, but they kept putting people in the Perth market even though the property market didn't do well. So speak to somebody who's got a general holistic view of the Australian property market. And currently, Peter, I have just bought a property in Melbourne and I've actually got my Brisbane team looking for me for a house in Brisbane within three to five kilometres of the CBD, an old one past its use-by date that we're going to actually pull down and build two modern homes or townhouses on. So I'm not fussed about investing in a state that I don't live in. So we use a top-down approach. Which state's doing well? Which economy's doing well? What's going to perform strongly moving forward? Where are the jobs going to come that are going to make those economies do well? And to be fair, there's the three big capital cities in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane that are going to do well. And then within the state, we look at locations which are where the more affluent people live. And it's not a judge of people, but you've got the ability to pay more. And the tenants who want to live in those areas are going to have the ability to pay more as well. So we work down from the right state to the right suburb. And then even within the same suburb, there are different locations. So you choose the right location, and then within that location, an appropriate property that's going to fit into your budget. So it's a top-down approach. Michael, great words of wisdom. Yeah. Thanks again for today. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to make this a short one to spread a bit of it out there. Obviously, I know a lot of people are struggling with that decision and some are holding off thinking, oh, we'll wait till the market goes down. <clears throat> but it's a bit like the share market. We know this, the, the property cycles, you know, they constantly go up, but they do have little ups and downs. But the problem is if you sit out for too long, you know, and you procrastinate too long, you actually never get started. And I've I've seen that happen. I've even done it myself over the years. Um, so a- any, words of, any words of wisdom from, from a man that's been doing this for many decades? Take action because even though it's going to seem expensive today, when you look back in five years' time, probably even when you look back in 12 months' time, you're going to be appreciative that you've made the decision. And don't look for a bargain. I actually, I think there's only probably, in all these properties I've bought over the years, there was one bargain, which happens to be the one I'm sitting in at the moment, my home, because it was just the timing that the vendor had to sell and um, I was in the right place at the right time. You make your money when you buy the property, not because you buy it cheap or because you buy it at the right time. It's because you buy the right property and hold on to it in the long term. Wealth creation of property is a 20, 30-year process. It's not an overnight instant success. Now, Michael, if people want to, to your business, and I'm sure most people have heard of your business, but a little plug for you because I'm always impressed of what you do and you're so knowledgeable and you help so many people find the right investment – how do they get hold? What's the name of your business? Let's talk about Metropole and and a bit of a plug for you. And how do they get hold of your Thank group? You. Well, my team at Metropole are property and wealth advisors, and we give holistic wealth advice. We don't sell property. We have never sold property, but we help people buy property by being Australia's largest buyer's agent. But it all starts by putting a plan together, working out where you are, where you want to go, bringing your future forward, and putting a strategic plan for our clients. So you can go to metropole.com.au or like you, I have a podcast and a lot of people enjoy listening to the Michael Yardley podcast. You can find out wherever you listen to podcasts. I think you're the master of podcasts, Michael. One day when I grow up, I hope I can have half the size podcast that you do. You do an amazing job. And what I'm impressed is you share so much great knowledge 
people that are wanting to get investing and I think it's something we don't learn at school and that people should learn and spend their time. So I want to thank you for sort of spreading that cheer out there in the marketplace and I also mentioned to people that certainly they should reach out to you if they're looking and need guidance buying investment. But Michael, thank you so much again for your time today and uh, I know you're a busy man so we really appreciate having you on the show. My pleasure. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for joining us on the Stone Real Estate Conversation podcast. Make sure you visit us at stonerealestate.com.au. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast and the conversations on today's show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply make sure you tell a friend about the conversation we had. Be sure to join us on our next episode with more information on buying, selling and investing in real estate. Bye for now.